<laughs> hold on, hold on. Hello and welcome to Dad and Son. Hi. Today we have a very intriguing podcast. Nope, just the same as every week. Uh, here we have <laughs> Liam. <laughs> Liam, how you doing? Uh, the same as always, Matt. Hello. Same as <laughs> hello. And we have our dad or son. Um, or uncle. Or uncle. I'm pushing that hard. George the Weedster. The Weed Manners. The owner of the Weed Manor. I'm a man of many talents, <laughs> many roles, many uh, family r- relation roles. Um, did you guys hear the news? Yesterday, uh, smoking cannabis became legal in Georgia. What? Shit. Yeah. No, what? it really happened. Like, look it up. Type in Google. Smoking uh, uh, cannabis, Georgia. Um, all right. Uh, uh, hit that news tab. You'll see it, the, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution didn't report on it. WSB-TV 11 didn't report on it. But um, there is a, ver- a very uh, legitimate publication, Georgia Today, uh, like uh, a, a fairly, um, you know, you know, high... High-ranking, established uh, news media broke the story. Smoking marijuana has been legalized in Georgia. Uh, everyone, do not panic. Uh, please stay calm. The The Constitutional Court of Georgia released a statement on the decision. Um, you know, that that bureaucratic institution that, that makes the laws of Georgia? I mean, a lot of other places in America. Oh. Wait, wait, no. I, I need to clarify. Did, yeah, yeah. Cl- clarify it again. Um, the the, the app, applicants here are, are Zarab J- Japaridzi and and Vaktang Magrileshvi are uh, the the people who who supposedly got this motion going. Um, permission to consume marijuana is, is an act of protection of of a person's right to free development. Uh, apparently. But yeah, I'm I'm happy to share the news. I was wondering why um, <laughs> one yeah. of the older workers at my job were so pissed, and she's like she's like kind of like um like an angry black woman type thing. She got she got that kind of going on. And aren't we all? She's just like you. You know, if if I can describe her in like one sentence. To get you know to get like a certain context to this to, to the story, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so think of her as that, and she was complaining that um, this couple was in the store smoking weed. Oh, oh my goodness! And I was just like, "What?" And I didn't know until you told me now that it was legalized. Oh, oh well, and actually, they were puffing in the store, and she was like, um, "And the customers were like, oh, to her." Um, are you gonna help us? And <laughs> and she was like, uh, the the my worker. Uh, she was like, oh, uh, I didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> well, um, and she was like, that's rude. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't exactly want to like 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 berate your uh, 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 store policies there for um. Uh, flying under the face of Georgia's established laws. Smoking weed's not legal in Georgia. It's legal in Georgia. <laughs> okay. I don't. I don't like people coming in and vaping in my face. I don't. Oh well, that's I don't. The, that. That's what should be illegal everywhere. Take that outside. Just, just take it outside. Don't sit there and just be vaping in my face. 
they they could take a vacation to Georgia if uh, if they wanted to to do that legally. Anyway, video games. Anyway, video Speaking games. Of things that are so stupid. This is a video game <laughs> podcast with sprinkles of anime. Introduced for over ten minutes with 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 the joke about getting George's names confused. Actually, uh, b- before we move on to small talk, Liam, I have one question for you. What's that, George? Very very quick. As a European, when you in, when you hear the name Georgia, do you instantly relate it to the country or the American like Mar- state? The state. The state. Really? Yeah. That's a little sad because the Georgia the country is like so much closer to your frame of reference. Yeah, Georgia the country will also soon be Russia if they're not fucking careful. So didn't uh, Russia invade Georgia yes. in two thousand eight? Yes, they did. Yeah, they did. <sighs> Um, no, it's because, you know, our culture is, it's British and American and... Language group, I guess. Yeah, it's like, we don't yeah, have a very yeah. Eurocentric culture. We have a very British and American culture. That's why, like, the rest of Europe kind of hates the UK. So, you know, we are unlike our European cousins quite a bit. Only when it suits us. And then, obviously, when it doesn't suit us, like Brexit. Or whatever. I, I still feel like European politics is more complicated than knowing which states you're allowed to gamble and smoke weed in. Yeah, but that's one country! It's one country! Europe is, like, made up of multiple countries. Like, you are one country. You're an American if you're in California. You're an American if you're in Georgia. One should not apply to the other in terms of what you can do. <laughs> it's so fucking... It's weird. But, it's but weird. Americans love to, like deify their little countryside that, that yeah. they happen to live in compared to others the whole america is 50 countries in one big country that's what america is it's like 50 little countries in one big country and you're all just like hating on each other changing the rules depending on how you feel it's crazy i mean that's true you guys yeah, are crazy yeah. what video games have you crazy americans been playing anyway uh i actually you, you, did you, a lot you've been playing the game together you guys, like, that was the segue into what you two specifically have been playing together. <laughs> We've been playing the big, the big one. You have to the be holiday careful. season smash hit. You have to be careful um, about what you say, though, right? Yes, yes. We're under a very uh, tight, uh, strictly enforced embargo. <laughs> for a game that's already been out for six I'm months. I'm pretty sure George will have to cut a lot of the stuff I'm going to say about this game. So let's continue. So, so we got um, a three-hour time limit to stream the game. Uh, review embargo is out on August 7th. This is for the PC port of Monster Hunter World, which I think is like the highest profile, biggest deal game I've ever managed to get a code for this freaking early. Yeah. Like, over a week early, man. I got Wolfenstein 2 about four days... No, no, I got Fallout 4 four days early, and I felt... <laughs> jazzed about that <laughs> i was like oh i must I be am a professional <laughs> <laughs> look at and, my patreon and... numbers capcom capcom um <laughs> reluctantly i'm i'm no i'm sure they were very very confident uh handed over two codes by request uh for me and matt visual to play monster hunter world yeah, nine two. days before launch two work. i'd like to highlight that too mm-hmm. yeah you didn't request one because you have no faith in your laptop two two so matt and i have been playing monster hunter world liam this is i think this is a good ass game but holy shit it's got menus 
It's got it's got menus upon your menus upon your menus. Mm. The text is so tiny you can't read most of them. Everyone's always been talking about how streamlined and easy they made it and how how it's so refreshing to have a, a Monster Hunter game with a modern control scheme that's not some old PSP PS2 uh, uh, archaic jank and I'm wondering Can't if I'm play playing the same together. game. <laughs> that 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 inventory screen still looks pretty cluttered. You have an an equipment item slot that is your item box. It just opens up your item box and it's there on your equipment screen. I'm wondering how uh it, it is better. I'll give it that. It's yeah, better that's than the thing. Like, it's like it is better, but it's still <laughs> monster hunting. But it's still yeah. Smells a little better. Still don't smell good. <laughs> so we, Matt, you can't play story story missions. missions. You, can't, <laughs> you can't play them together. Not until a certain What's point, right? Point? No, like there's a certain point okay. in which you can. Oh, right. so we haven't gotten there yet. It, uh, how many have you played? Have you played like one? You guys have played like one, right? No, I've been playing no, generations. No, 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 we're in the second map. Yeah, you can't we, play story missions together. You can't. There's a, when, there's a when point in which we? you can do like SOS flares, and then like people yeah, can it join. still doesn't matter if the, well, if you haven't completed a story mission and you haven't watched a cutscene. Yeah, they, you cannot yeah. connect to. That's it. true. Yeah, you have to like so, watch the cuts. Yeah, or the other person has to have watched the cutscene as well. Like I uh, remember so there let, being. Let me see if I could try to explain it. So, because I remember people talking about this. If both of you are on the same quest, if both of you are on the same quest, if both of you are on the same quest, one guy starts it right, um, and then before you head out on the quest, you try to join it. It says this um, the character you're trying to join hasn't watched a cutscene yet. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. that character goes in and tries to watch a cutscene, but the cutscene doesn't start as soon as you get inside the map. It starts when you find the monster. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Even when yeah. you find the monster and set out the flare, when you're trying to join that person, it says that you cannot join because you have not completed the quest. Yeah, Therefore, yeah. you cannot play yeah. story missions together. Yeah, you can only help other people with story missions you've already done. Yeah, And only half of... I mean, okay, the monster is fight is the real part of the mission, but it's... Me and Matt like actually tried to sync up our to get to the point I was at in the story together yeah. and w- it was still incredibly cumbersome like having to work around that system and wait for the cutscene I've just settled with playing the story missions alone and the optionals with Matt yeah optionals and in- investigations oh yeah there's investigations there's uh that there's optional quests uh, assigned quests uh, bounties there's there's stuff, there's yeah. these terminology this terminology to it I, I wonder if it's easier to handle in the Japanese version but like a lot of the menus that they have are buried under other menus with kind of misleading labels like I uh, I, I think yeah, I was looking for the tutorials and and all of all the menus that uh, I could find the tutorials in it was a sub menu of the play guide which you know I guess makes sense but there were only two options underneath play guide tutorials and tips they could just change that text play guide change it to tutorials and tips um but I don't know it it sucks like top loading the bad stuff Matt seems more negative on it than me right now because I really actually enjoy the uh like core gameplay loop I think no, it's no no, got... no I just enjoy the I just don't enjoy the bad stuff like being able to upgrade <laughs> your armor and stuff like that 
Like you can preview like, the whole set at a time. You, you know how much time like I you invest just trying to learn where the menus are located. When I tried to upgrade my arm, I was like, "How do I upgrade my 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 hammer? It won't it won't work. I can't go down to the bone part of it." And like people say this online, and the reason why is that you have to click LB or whatever you're using, go to the next screen where all your equipped items are. And then click that. And then you can upgrade. Like, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. But, okay, I do enjoy monster hunting. I do enjoy that. And that's kind of like the point of the game, right? And watching the monsters fight each other. And watching all three monsters come up and look at each other and seeing what's going to happen. Some of them run away with the, you know, there's because a they're too scared. System. Yeah, like it, it feels like like when I was talking about Dauntless. Uh, Dauntless, it's just it's kind of bare bones. Like you're just fighting a boss fight. The monsters don't seem realistic. They don't seem like actual characters in the world. It, it just seems like you're playing a game when Monster Hunter it has this nice immersive feel to it like immersive, just the way yeah. you 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 walking through the desert and and finding you know footprints and you know the little scout flies kind of give you a little breadcrumb trail really get sucked into the yeah, tracking the ecosystem portion. of that game is mm-hmm. fucking cool. i remember you mentioning that in yeah. february you said it felt so great to be part of an ecosystem and i was wondering like what oh, monster hunter yeah. cuz the portables they're a lot more arcadey than this one, even though it's more or less like the same. I'm really surprised at how much of the game they carried over from the portables, but it's uh, it moves way faster. There's there's way more to interact with in the environments. There's way more systems to juggle uh, as you're moving through them. You don't gotta like stop and wait every single time you need to pick something up, and. Um, I actually kind of like the scout fly tracking mechanic and the portables. Yeah. It just kind of feels like you're doing math to track monsters down and paintball them rather than using your intuition. Um, thank God they don't mark all the clues on your minimap, but my, the minimap is so freaking cluttered. Uh, I, I absolutely positively enjoy this game when things like quiet down and I'm not. And it's been like a good two minutes since the last time I had to get confused at the menus because mm-hmm. it, it's also real responsive which is something the portable games don't have going for them as well which i also wonder about the console version you had to play hmm oh you want to hear about the loading times we are enjoying on the on the pc version on our oh, do you remember Extreme i was telling you rigs? like the initial one when you load into the game is like two minutes long wow. <laughs> guess how long it is for us how long I want to wager like 15, 20 seconds. What do you think, man? Oh my God, that's awesome. Dude, when I go back to town, it's almost instant. Fuck, that's sexy. It's less than 10 seconds. God, that's sexy. (laughs) It's it's like immediate. Like when it comes down to getting in and getting out of the game, it's so quick. And this game is gorgeous on top of all that. Mm -hmm. Like, Like I got to see a little bit of that when I was playing the PS4 demo, but... Oh man! Like having it in front of my face, it's it, it it's it's inc- it's like Battlefront, but with a uh, kind of a more like Japanese anime art direction that still is covered with like enough volumetric fog and uh, well done HDR lighting to to make everything look like it still could be real. 
even though I have questions about the anatomy and physiology of our monster hunters. You notice when you when you pick up a trail, he like digs the dirt up and smells them. Yeah. Humans can't do that. Humans can't track animals by scent. That's an animal thing. So in in this fictionalized universe, um are they are the monster hunters like monsters? Are they the real monsters? <laughs> It's a whole new meaning to monster hunter, huh? Yeah, yeah. I also have a you question a about the little, uh, little old people who live in the town. Um, who who look? They have the proportions and the height of the palicos, but they don't have fur. They have, they have like weird flesh. They they kind of look like dwarves. Are they dwarves? Are there dwarves in the monster hunter universe? Because that would also explain a lot of the NPCs I saw in Generations. I don't think Liam knows any of these questions. Just... I, 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 I Liam, you've been playing. Yeah, I've been playing, but I don't really pay attention to the story or anything. I just want to fight giant. You know the story is. <laughs> you, Zora don't blame you. The story is just there. I'm happy. I'm so happy that it's there. <laughs> you it's, guys it's... don't understand how happy I am that it's at least there. Yeah. yeah There's at least there. like a. A, a clear bifurcation between the optional quests and the main quest, and that was what, like, that was a wall that hit me with Generations, was you were... They, they don't clearly label which story missions are necessary to progress in the quote-unquote story, and whatever quote-unquote story is there is just a minor problem that a villager has relating to a monster. Like, I think I described it as a story that by necessity would have to fit in three text bubbles, no less. And in Monster Hunter World, you got a nothing story, but it's um, given to you like one objective at a time, clearly labeled in the upper right corner of your screen at all times, so you know exactly what you want to do if you want to unlock the next batch of content, rather than just having to grind away at the same thing forever until you finally hit it as you go down the list, which was my methodology for the 3DS version. Now I think I'm just going to hop on GameFAQs. Uh, but with World, I'm gonna savor and enjoy it and do it without any guides, I hope. Like, the fights, though. Like, oh, they're so good. They're so good. Oh, and the like, even now, is thinking so back, Because I haven't played it for a couple of months, but, like, even thinking back now, like, the fights are so exciting in World. Like, the jump from... They have taken, like, the core gameplay loop, which was so good of the handheld games, to this HD World that... Where the polish of having it in HD and stuff like that has just upped how exciting and how fucking crazy those fights can yeah. be. It's so hitboxes, good. Hitboxes, hitboxes are smaller, animations are a little longer, way more detailed. Yeah. And, uh, things it's truly feel like, like a, a jewel precision. between you and the monster. It's fucking amazing. Uh, I also really like... I, I got used to the um, Katana's spirit gauge system. After I played with Matt, I loaded up the tutorial arena and just wailed on some barrels for an hour to figure it out. And there's this like meter management system where you can spend... You, 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 with the katana, you're supposed to build meter per combo and and spend it at the end of your combo in the middle of another combo. But there's ways to to be strategic about your timing so that you can like permanently increase your damage uh, uh, by by letting it all out in one four mashes of the RT button. It's 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 also like really strategic in a way. That I like. That's not too uh, demanding for the multiplayer. It's it's chill. It's fun. Once you finish clicking through the menus and get out there in the field. So, what weapons are you guys using? 
I'm use I was doing a charge blade at first, but that's then what I yeah I use a charge that. blade. Yeah, it it was vi my gosh the, the skill. Oh the combos! Oh so yeah. good though when you get it right. Oh. And like I, I, I love weapons that switch around. I just love that type of stuff. Um, I've always loved that in Monster Hunter. And when I saw it in um, Bloodborne, I gushed over that. Um, and seeing it here is good, too. But I actually went to the hammer instead to kind of learn the combat properly. Because I feel like I was just like, oh, there's so much to think about with this weapon. There's just so much. Because there's so many different combos, so many different ways to do things properly. So I was like, you know what? Let me just learn how to play the game first. Like I still, like I still don't hmm. feel it. Like I still don't feel confident to jump off something and hit a monster. Like I feel like oh, yeah. the muscle memory is not there, or it's just clunky. The, the grappling like it feels controls clunky. never really fully explained what what's going on when you mount monsters in. In the 3DS version, it's a lot more of an explicit minigame, but here, me and Matt were like trying to narrow down possibility. Okay, where's the gauge that's telling us if we're supposed to grip? Is it the mini-map, or is it your stamina bar? Maybe yeah. you can fill us in, actually. How, how, how do you know when you're supposed to, to brace down, hold down R2 on a monster versus whale away with, with the Y? Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure myself. I'm not like the best at the game or anything, but... I think it's more just about getting used to the weapon and knowing because you can see the numbers now and you know no, no, no. he's talking about riding the monster yeah oh, oh right I thought you meant like timing the like when to press the buttons to do the right thing um fuck if I know I just jump off rocks and then and then whale and then whale <laughs> and then hope <laughs> like because oh, yeah. I, I, I think used it's to just play, animations like when I was when I played um for ultimate i like when the insect glaive was the new weapon i played the insect glaive a lot and the good thing about the insect glaive was that you could you know vault onto onto dinosaur onto dinosaurs onto monsters and it was like <laughs> it was like the funnest thing and then you have to hold on to them and everyone else had to stop and they would knock you off and you know, it's like a rodeo so ever since then i've just liked wasting so much time trying to jump on monsters and what i like about world is that you can do like the slide down hills and like yeah. the, the feeling of sliding down the hill jumping out of the slide and then landing and mounting on a monster and riding it it's the fucking best it's so yeah. good it's even better when you land on a flying monster like the bat the fluffy bat or whatever oh we haven't gotten there yet and then it, it drags you across the map Flying really? through the air. Yeah, it's Ooh. fucking awesome. It's like, okay. did you play Dragon's Dogma? Did you what? play Dragon's Dogma? Like in no. Dragon's Dogma, you could like grab onto monsters. Like you could grab onto like griffins and stuff and they would fly you into the air and stuff. You can do that like in Monster Hunter. Like you can land on a flying monster like the Fluffy Bat and it will carry you. It doesn't carry you for a while because obviously you've got to hold on. But, it, you know, you can traverse quite a large distance in the map and get separated if it's like leaving an area it's awesome the movement in this game is so precise <laughs> like there's such finesse to it 
it feels really good to just tap that stick ever so slightly and casually walk your way through the forest following the trails rather than, than mashing that sprint button from waypoint to waypoint to waypoint, perking your ears up and enjoying the scenery and the ecosystem is, is such a good feel. You can actually stop and smell the roses in Monster Hunter. What the hell? Yeah, That's I, not how I thought it'd work. It gets you excited for each map, because each map has like something crazy happening. And then you'll be searching for one monster, and then all of a sudden you see like some dragon come down to eat something and you're like what the hell oh hell no it, it it's 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 cool it's it's cool it's it, cool it's not many cool. games that give you that satisfaction to you know see a world happening around you you pretty much know everything and blah 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 it reminds me of stalker like seeing mm. these uh ais kind of like act out independent of each other wanting to eat each other all the time and and kind of like juggling the player between them it reminds me a lot of what I liked about Stalker, a, a Ukrainian FPS from 2007 is, uh, is what I like about Monster Hunter World from, from Japan in 2018. Man, it's good. And like when you see like dinosaur, uh, dino. Why do I keep saying fuck it? It's because I keep thinking of well, that. That's what they are. It's because I keep thinking of that the first big monster in the first map like the dino the actual like t-rex looking yeah fucker with with, with fur though yeah <laughs> and little tiny bat wings but like when you see that fighting another monster for the first time like the one that goes under the ground like the mud monster that you know mm -hmm. the baroth whatever it's called that you know goes through yeah. the ground and then when they fight each other in that like sandy bit oh my god it's so good <laughs> <laughs> that T-Rex thing is like the Pac-Man ghost of this game. Like, you're constantly on the run from it, trying to to spiral around and catch monsters before it does. And that's a really interesting mechanic to it, too. It keeps you on your toes in over the long term, not just the short term. Mm. I remember when I was fighting the Bareth, um, and you disconnected from the server. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> something we got to talk about. That does happen yeah. quite a bit, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, and I was waiting for him, and Barrett, like, when you get the, it, it's weird, because it's not, like, a set thing. Like, you fight a monster, they get weak, and, you know, they eventually die, or something, they start limping, and that's it. No, like, they, they start acting weird, like, s especially near the end, they, they go into, like, some berserker mode, and they just want to kill you. Oh Jeez, yeah, want to kill you like that, that's how we messed up our capture quest. Yeah, and what happened was um, we were at the edge of killing the Barreth, and then George, you know, had his little crash, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and I ran away from the monster, and it, it will would not let me go, will not let me go. So I ran in for, for like there was five minutes where I ran, and then I finally found a cave, hid in a bush. It was far away. And it slowly sniffed me out after about, mm. let's see, what, what was it, four minutes that we were talking? Matt Musk. Yeah, just sm sniffing me out. Just It, would not, it wouldn't just give up. <laughs> you know how monsters kind of give up? They're like, oh, mm. we don't see you, so we're giving up. No, yeah, it sat just there like the roaring. Tutorial. And, it just, <laughs> and it eventually found me inside of a bush hiding. 
Remember in the tutorial not. when you hide in a bush and all the the raptors just walk away, walk away? and it's nope. a bush like right in front of them in yeah. their view. Yeah, yeah, that you can't, did not you work. can't do that after the tutorial. Yeah, and, and the bear th had no line of sight on me, no line of sight. He was way around the corner. It it was a great moment, and then I killed it. Um, and then you reconnected and and, and stole all the loot. Well, it's shared evenly between players. I, I I was able to reconnect miraculously to a quest in progress, which sounds like a cool quality of life feature to make Monster Hunter a little more convenient. However, there is a terrible crash bug plaguing the PC version right now. It's hitting me hard, Matt, not so much. But you still have gotten your crashes, right, Matt? Yeah, I've had about two. Full disclosure, like, the game isn't out yet. So it's going to... It's going to have a day one patch. So They say they are working on a patch yeah. on this issue that that the elites of the gaming media here on the on the 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 Dad and Sons podcast <laughs> are are ready to reveal to you um hopefully this thing's fixed before launch. I feel like if they do fix the crashing uh bug, it'll be fine. I mean, performance is kind of an issue, but if you turn volumetric fog down to low, you're probably going to be good. Uh, frame rate for me on a 1070 Ti hovers between 60 and 70. Uh, Matt, do you want to take a gander at what kind of performance you're getting? I'm I'm capping it. Well, we'll see. I was when I was playing on a 1080p screen that that just caps it. I have a 1080 Ti, and uh, on a 1440, if you have a 1440, um, I was playing around 70ish frames. I mean, besides the crashing, it's a perfectly fine port. It still retains the weird menus. Um, one thing that I think a lot of us were hoping for was that they'd use the mouse and keyboard control scheme to kind of like give you an item hotbar. Uh, you know how when they made the PC version of Mass Effect, it had a completely different interface for the mouse and keyboard? They did not go that far with this one. But they still tried. You know what one weird feature they utilize? is uh, Steam Groups. It tries to arrange you into uh, social connections with other hunters by way of your primary Steam Group, which is a very strange decision that makes me think that the Japanese people who made this game don't know how underutilized and ignored the Steam Groups feature is, but it also shows that they were paying attention to the platform they were porting it on and using platform-specific features that show that it is more than just a quick and dirty port job. It's weird because they definitely have faith in it because, you know, it was meant to release a little later. Three and a half million pre-orders. Well, exactly, and they were, it was meant to release a little yeah. later in the year, but obviously they're like, no, this is pretty damn good, now we're gonna, we're just gonna release it early and get it out in the summer because there's no other big games coming out. Let's just get it out now. Except for Monster Hunter Generations on the Switch. <laughs> but even that is, like, I think, like, a completely different audience, so... I'm wondering, yeah. though, because I feel like I would be more tempted to buy Monster Hunter on the Switch, transfer my save game from the 3DS over, and just carry it around as a bigger, prettier, portable screen to play the same game on. Except now I have a way bigger, way prettier way to play Monster Hunter around this time of year. So I I don't know if this was the wisest launch window for uh, the 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 Switch port of Generations. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I need two Monster Hunter games, but that's just me. That's just me. 
Um, even though you would people, I'm pretty sure people would like a portable Monster Hunter if they love Monster Hunter. I mean, maybe the next generation of portables can do world. We'll, we'll see as the years go on. I have a feeling that this might be the um, uh, uh, like a generational milestone they'll use as a template for the next couple iterations, like how. Uh, how much of that PS2 DNA was in the previous games? Maybe World's DNA will follow the series as it goes further. Um, I'm wondering if it's going to be tough going back to Generations after this. It's probably going to be tough. That's what I, I'm I, wondering I have, about. I'm like thinking, do I even bother picking up Generations for the Switch? I mean, Monster Hunter on the go is obviously great, and the handheld versions are great, but... Unless Generations has, and I've seen, you know, gameplay of the double X cross for the Switch. And, you know, it has like kind of updated graphics, but nothing of the level of World, of course. And like, if I'm going to play a Monster Hunter game, I might as well just continue playing World. Yeah. Instead of forking out like full price for Generations on the Switch. Because once, once you go to World, it's probably going to be hard to go back. Once you go world, you can't go back. I mean, that game is fucking beautiful as well. God damn. Oh, it's so beautiful. God damn. God damn. It's so gorgeous. <laughs> is that your American accent? God damn. Cowboy? <laughs> God damn. God damn. God damn. <laughs> Give me some cheeseburger. Oh, wow. Are you ready to go on a road trip to <laughs> Vegas where you can gamble legally? Smoke weed? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's I don't. Is weed legal in Los or Nevada? The fact that you have to ask that and it's legal in yeah, other places yeah. is a ridiculous concept. But it gives you an excuse to spend money on on businesses over there. Oh God! Anyway, I I, I I I'm sure that's not like the intention, but but still, <laughs> Colorado is enjoying a huge like. Like windfall of tourism revenue past couple years, <sighs> I think twelve million dollars is uh, is is what they're making on taxes on it. Anyways, um, <laughs> what else Damn. we got besides weed, Monster Hunter? I played another phone game. Let's hear it. Is it gonna make everyone mad? Like like Bang maybe, Girls? Maybe everyone got mad at me about Bang Girls supposedly. Okay, so. I didn't understand one thing about Bang Girls, but everything else is... What was like, that? Like, um, the flame thing that I said you have to pay to use a song uh, is actually the stuff you use as a multiplier. So, like, you you can give more flames to get better multiplier score, I think, or better rewards. But if you run out of flames, then you obviously don't get any rewards from the songs you're doing. Also, a lot of people were saying, like, oh, if you fail the song, you just quit. And then try again, and you don't have to use any of the energy or the stars. And it's like, that, the fucking game takes ages. Like, it, you got all these girls talking, and then it gets into the song, and then they talk, like, after the song. It, it's like, I'd rather just pay the energy to fucking carry on with the song. <laughs> so anyway, why even one, play the game? That, that's the, ri the rhythm game part is good. It's good but fun. this is what you've been reduced to. You're playing cell phone games now. I know. Yeah. I've truly become Japanese. Actually, speaking of, I got my three-year visa today, which fucking finally. You're taking one step after another by the day. I know. First it was phone <laughs> games, then it was visa, then it's killing myself working too much. I don't know. What's the progression curve? But anyway, 
I've been playing another phone game. Which this one, one this no, time. No. This no. one. No. This one. No. This one. <laughs> this one, Matt. What one is it? No. It's Shin Megami Tensei Liberation DX2. Oh, D Cross 2. What? Okay. Oh my god. So, okay, I Shin Megami Tensei, obviously, Atlas's, you know, famous <laughs> RPG series, not the Persona games, that's a spin off series of the Shin Megami Tensei series. The Shin Megami Tensei series, the hardcore RPGs, like going back to the PlayStation 1, you know. Uh, obviously, we had Shin Megami Tensei 4 uh, for the DS. We had, what was it, Shin Megami Tensei Anarchy, I think it was called in Japan, or whatever it was called. It was like a, a, a remake of that. But anyway, they bought out a phone game, and I saw a Pro Jared video where he was sponsored to play it. And I was like, oh, I forgot they announced this and then never spoke about it. And now they, they've released it. I watched some gameplay of it. It looked, it looked okay. Like it had all the, all the Shin Megami Tensei demons in it and stuff that I recognized. You know, Jack Frost and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, okay, it's free. I'll check it out. So I downloaded it because it got released last week. And I was like, hey, look at me playing phone games. Ha <laughs> ha. And I started playing it. <laughs> It's pretty good. It's, What's the catch? It's I don't know yet. This is the thing. I don't really know. It's, it's got to be a catch if it's free. There's, there's got to be a catch somewhere, right? But so far, I'm really liking it. Like, um, it's like got a full-on RPG story that's going on. Like, the RPG story is nonsense, of course, but it's it's great. It takes place in modern-day Tokyo, so it's like. The, like, backgrounds of the game are, like, stuff I recognize. Like, it's got, like, all the knockoff versions of, like, stores I go to here in Japan. Like, electronic stores that are really popular. Like, the Akihabara, like, bar that you start in is, like... I recognize all of the different corners of it, and it's really cool. But then the gameplay... I saw that. It's, like, right in front of the Sega building. Yeah, right in front of the Sega arcade on the corner, yeah. It's like, I've been there. Oh, my God. (laughs) I get get a real big kick out of that. Like, some of the people who play Yakuza who have been to, like, Shinjuku or they've been to, you know, Osaka and they've been to Dotenbury, they get a kick out of seeing that. Like, this is like that as well. And, like, they talk about a lot of, like, things that are happening in Japan right now, which is really cool as well. Um, but the story is based around, it's so dumb but clever at the same time. It's like pseudo trying to be realistic. Like, you are what's called like a downloader. You're, you're like, I think it's downloader. Yeah, you're like a downloader. That's what and I am in real life. And you've though. downloaded this secret app that allows you to fight with demons. And obviously the app is the game. And you're like part of this oh. DX2 revolution and you're fighting these things called the Acolytes and there are other people with this secret app that have access to the demon world and you fight with demons via your phone in Japan and the demons obviously are in front of you. And to add to that realism, you can have like an AR mode where you can put the demons that you've got in your party like in the setting of, you know wherever you are with the AR camera, which is kind of cool to look at them because the the demons look really nice. Like, the graphics and the presentation of this are fucking great. Like, it's it really is like an RPG. It does have a lot of the mobile game bullshit that comes with it. Like, it's always advertising you to buy stuff. But it's super generous. Like, you can have, like, 
a maximum, I think, of 20 energy a day, but it builds up the more and more that you get that you don't use. So I have like 100 energy that I haven't used, and it costs like three energy to do a mission. So you, you never run out of energy as far as I'm concerned. Like I've done the first two chapters of the game, and each chapter has about 20 different missions, and all has fully voiced story, like... Not like Octopath Traveler, it actually is completely and utterly fully voiced, Matt. Like, everything is voiced. Everything? In Japanese. Yeah, fully voiced oh, with English text. Oh, okay. Well, it's in Japanese, but it's yeah, fully voiced. It seems like every every everyone in Japan, it you know, does some voice acting somehow. And yes. So is it cheaper over there or something? Like, because there's always voice acting in Japanese. Uh, I don't know, but... It's fully voiced, so every mission is voiced, and it has like a little bit of story at the beginning that continues on with the downloader stuff. And then you get to the gameplay, and the gameplay is a turn-based RPG like Shin Megami Tensei. Like, they all have their the different weaknesses, you know, water, fire, electricity, ice, uh, the force, the... Uh, physical attack, the light, the dark, and whatever, right? And it has all the demons <laughs> from the series. And you can then have a party and you can level up your party and they all have different skills. And then you can talk to demons, which is like a famous aspect of the Shin Megami Tensei series. Like you can actually gain enemy like uh, demons by talking to them and then you don't have to fight them and you, you can recruit them into your party. You initially start off with like 50 slots so you can have 50 demons at one time, and then I think you have to upgrade. I've not got to that point yet. But then the way you get more demons is you can fuse them with the demons you already have, like you can in Persona or Shin Megami Tensei, or you can gain some from missions, or you can then spend gems, which is the in-game currency, rolling a three-star to five-star demon. So that is the game economy part. But the game gives you gems quite frequently. Like, I, it's given me at least 600 gems, and it's 100 gems a roll. So I've been able to roll at least six different times. And you always get pretty good demons. Obviously, it's between three to five star and stuff like that. And, the, you know, the gameplay is like a traditional turn-based RPG, just kind of like a bite-sized version. Not as bite-sized as Fire Emblem Heroes was, but it's like Shin Megami Tensei. And then... You can, like, level up your demons, and then you can enhance them, and you can, like, transfer different skills, and you can really customize them. There's, like, a lot to it. Like, there's so much to it that the actual tutorial of the game at least takes, like, two hours. Like, there's that much to it. There's all these different uh, areas. Check it out. And then you can do the story. So then you're going through the story. But then it has, like, a full-blown dungeon-crawling aspect to it called the... Uh, uh, is it the Aurora Gate? I think the name is. And there's this whole dungeon crawling aspect where it's almost like the Tartarus Tower from Persona 3 or whatever it's called and then you cl you go up this tower like through these gates and you dungeon crawl and you have like 200 steps that you can take and then it has to recharge every two hours I think or every hour 
Uh, how, how much of the mythos do you need to be aware of? None to, to... at all. Like, uh, you know, you'll recognize some demons from the series and stuff like that, but the whole story is like its entire, its own thing. And it's all based off the back of this, you know, you're a liberator, you're fighting with these apps. You're to a fight downloader. Them. You're a downloader and you're fighting to, to the acolytes. And it's all based around like computer hacking and like demons going through the internet and this like there's even there's even like a storyline in it where people are there's this new drug that can only be accessed by VR visuals. So all these people are getting really high and possessed by demons through VR. It's awesome. Through their VR through through their Oculus. Yeah, it's fucking cool. I mean, it sounds great. I just have one question, and that's if I've never played an SMT or a Persona, but have always wanted to, mind you, would I still be all right? Yeah, I think you'll be fine. Like, you know, as as long as you like RPGs, I think you'll enjoy it. Like, I've not spent any money on it. I play it maybe half an hour Which to an like hour a day. a real good way to sell it to me. <laughs> you know, and it, you know, you sign in, you get your login rewards and stuff like that. And the, the, the thing I like about it compared to games like Pokemon Go is... And I, I haven't played Grand Blue Fantasy, but a lot of people compare it to that, which is, you know, one of the top mobile games is it's like a game. Like, the reason I haven't played mobile games ever is because they always are, like, pseudo-games like Pokemon Go, where there's, like, no actual gameplay to it. Whereas this is, like, a full, even Fire Emblem Heroes, which is a game I got super excited about being a Fire Emblem fan, is still, like, not quite enough. Whereas this is, like, a full turn-based RPG that requires strategy. Like, some of the missions are super hard, and you have to use, like, the items that you get from the game and sometimes you run out which means you might have to buy them if you want to or you have to wait but some of them are really hard and you have to truly it's like a Shin Megami Tensei game and then it has a fully voiced story you know yes it has like the mobile bullshit that comes with all of these games but as long as it has like a game that's worth playing behind it that is fun in a sort of bite-sized capacity and it's got super good polish it's beautifully graphically all the demons look awesome. It's, it's good. So I don't know what the catch is yet. Someone will no doubt tell me, like they did with Bung Dream Girls Party last week. But I'm enjoying it so far. And I think considering it's only just come out and it's pretty generous with the amount of content it gives you, I think it's definitely worth playing if you like Persona or if you've played the Shin Megami Tensei games in the past. I finally dove into the world of premium phone games with the this the seminal release from Bethesda of Fallout Shelter and it's kind Yeah, cuz exactly. It's like the same thing. It's like a pseudo game. There's nothing to it. You know, you send these people out and they and they come back and you build stuff up by clicking boxes like and it's if like you a want to game. play faster, you you immediately have to pay. You occasionally check in to look at menus. There's not like, I don't know if I want to call basic arithmetic math strategy because it's super duper easy to do the math and figure out what your optimal choice is and then move on with your life until the game asks you to spend money on it again if you want to move on with your life faster. Yeah. Is my reaction. Um, like, there's nothing yeah. in this game that asks you to speed up. Oh my god, that's different? Okay. And also, even better, is it has a speed up button. It has a speed up button for battles as well. So, you know, if you're like... It doesn't charge you for No. Like when you're grinding through missions, you can go back to the chapters you've already done. You can choose hard mode. You pay a little bit more energy, but you can go through them and level up your demons and stuff like that. And you can tap oh. in the top corner to make the animations go faster and you can go through it pretty quickly. 
It's wait, good. Wait, I like it. Speaking speaking of free things, I want to uh, give an endorsement to uh, Georgia Watch, uh, known to normal people as Paladins. Uh, a free-to-play version of that game just launched on the Switch, and it is quite satisfying. I thought it's we like, had a sponsor for a second. The way how no, you said that, I want to give no, a Georgia, shout out to... well, So yeah, yeah, high-res <laughs> studios. said that in the middle out, of the conversation. <laughs> they put out Paladins in 2016. It, everyone accused it of being a blatant Overwatch clone, because, I mean, look at it. Um, but it, it plays a lot slower and tankier but that also means that whoops you don't have to deal with the sudden problem of of your uh counter character suddenly appearing behind enemy lines and instantly killing you and forcing you to wait through a really long respawn timer then walk back you kind of have a chance to to run away and and paladins and and come back when you're actually ready for it so i feel like there's a little less of um there's still a big emphasis on team comp, but it's less of a uh, like fulcrum point that decides the entire match. Uh, I call it Georgia Watch because it's uh, put up put out by by the good old boys at High Res Studio, who who I believe are, are up north in some of the suburbs from Atlanta. Here, when you launch the game, you see that logo High Res, and I was like, yeah, Georgia represent, and then it fades in to that really dumb Made in Georgia card <laughs> that shows up on on The Walking Dead. And, and some Marvel movies. Made in Georgia. It looks so bad. It looks like a a, a, a Microsoft Word art from, from 1998. And and then you load into the game itself, and I don't know where they got the music for for their menus, which load incredibly slowly. But then then you pick your hero and go into the game, and everything's just fine. It's fine. Um... My god, I played that. I played a lot of Overwatch itself. I played the 50v50 mode in Fortnite. I played a lot of video games this weekend, and I'm feeling great. <laughs> Guys, the 50v50 mode in Fortnite's good! N nothing Oh my god. <laughs> I've kind of, like, my Switch has ran out of memory, so I can't install anything else. Um, one of those is the Fortnite update. Just delete I Mario Odyssey. No. <laughs> Are you ever going to play Mario Odyssey again in your life? No, I think I already did. Like, every game that I have on there is games I play regularly, and there's just no space to get the Fortnite update, so hmm. I haven't played it since we spoke about it. Hmm. So, so you're card. in need of a uh, yeah. little uh, SD card, huh? Hmm. Well, well Yay. after the podcast, let's talk. Um. Anyways... Uh, yeah, no, I, I highly encourage the three of us actually checking out this 50v50 mode in Fortnite would be great-ass fun. Okay, so you have two teams across the whole map, but three minutes in, a uh, storm circle appears that's incredibly small that you're forced to go to. The storm circle appears about one minute in for everyone, and around that point, there's like a select core of this 50-player team who start building fortifications on a front. They build giant walls, they build bunkers, and and they like set up conga lines of like the rest of the team like 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 sprinting over the edge and feeding themselves into the lines and the engagement distance is really really far and since it's only uh there there's two teams and you have the whole map to scavenge before those final before 3 minutes later so when everyone shows up they have armor they have weapons that you feel like you have a fighting chance in this mode and there's so much construction happening the whole top while too I'm 
so intrigued that way bigger forts are showing up in this mode than in the regular Battle Royale mode. And um, everyone's sniping each other instead of like sneaking up and, and spamming each other. It, it's really weird how excited I am that this, this thing resembles a like old style trench warfare moving front of, of like World War One or two in Fortnite. And, and it feels really cool to see that big of a collaborative team effort in action. And I am almost as intrigued by all the building and construction that's going on here as I was when I first loaded up Siege and was intrigued by its destruction. It's, it's really freaking cool. I played three rounds of it over the weekend on the Switch, and I had an absolute blast. I... I I mean I think our, our previous impression of Fortnite was like yeah yeah that's fine but oh, it went up it went up. Doesn't fifty v fifty completely change the concept of battle royale? <laughs> Isn't it just more of a traditional big team deathmatch? Yeah, match, I don't know if it's battle royale anymore. It's a big team deathmatch where everyone has to squeeze into a tight little circle, but since the tight little circle itself is is like. I don't. I don't know what the. Yeah, let's say like a. Want to say like a third to a half of a kilometer? No, no, it's not a half of a kilometer. Definitely, but it's it's a much smaller area than the typical battle royale. Storm circle shrinks down to, but with a large concentration of players, which means stalemates happen. Uh, it the, the downside to it is that whatever team loses probably experiences a very long, slow very difficult to turn defeat but seeing players build stuff this huge facilitating strategies this elaborate i think is is worth that cost it's weird how you were so praiseworthy <laughs> of paladins but then immediately changed to fortnite <laughs> well i mean i i i played a lot of stuff i i also watched street fighter the movie in black and white I did a lot of stupid stuff this week. Um, now, Matt, we've gone full George this week. Mm. <laughs> I think Matt's not even here anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry, and I apologize. They're they're cool stories, though, and I, mm, I I I don't want to snub my friends. So no, explain to me, explain to me this this thing that you've done, George. So not only have you not only have you watched <laughs> the Street Fighter movie in black and white. You've then been so enthralled by it that you've taken screenshots <laughs> and made a gallery for yourself in Inga of the black and white stills. Matt, over, check it out. Over the weekend, I had a party. A friend showed up. They recommended that I watch Street Fighter, the game, the movie from 1994 in black and white. Under the explanation that the movie by default has incredibly bad coloring, but it really, does. really good lighting and shadow play. Yeah, it looks and good. And they are totally right. It looks right. really good. George, you need to share this. Yeah. It's so good. Like, the, the title shot of the, like, the actual logo looks so good. I, I will. I'll put it in the description. Wow. Um... <laughs> 
it looks like a really, really campy movie from the 1940s. Every single close-up of M. Bison, the, the scenes with M. Bison are made better. The, like, fakeness, the, the kind of exaggerated comedic undertone that the movie has that a lot of people didn't pick up on at the time is is way more pronounced here because um, everything, like, feels more surreal and fake and alien by default, but at the same time, like, a little classier because it's black and white. But the sets look faker, the costumes look sillier, and fucking mm, M. Bison. Rest in peace, Raul Julia. M. Bison's acting is, it is, it gets ramped up to the next level. Because suddenly M. Bison turns from a funny cartoon villain into a, like, old cinematic classic actor's actor performance in black and white. Like, like it makes Street Fighter look like it should be in the Criterion collection. Raul Julia was a great actor anyway. The, the the logos, like as you can see in the very beginning and end, look like some um, uh, uh, Art Deco nineteen thirties um, um, shtick. The, uh, the the composition of of a lot of shots in this movie are good by default, and you wouldn't know if the color was on because there'd be these incredibly ugly <laughs> poop splashes of orange everywhere. Um, but the backgrounds were also extremely blurry, which is an effect better pulled off in, in black and white than with backgrounds as colorful as they were in this movie. Yeah, the news report for, for the crisis in Shadaloo, like looks like an old newsreel from, from like 70 years ago, even though it's supposed to be this like international crisis in the 90s that weirdly now feels like a Vietnam analog that I didn't pick up on the first time I saw this movie. God, it looks so good. Hey, good morning, Shadaloo. You, you, you can't ignore that uh, there's there there's a civil war in a southeastern Asian country with, with a lot of uh, international intervention going on. Anyways. <sighs> that one picture of Jean-Claude Van Damme like tensing up. And then the one after that of bison with lightning coming out of his hands. <laughs> <laughs> and the close-up of his costume where it looks like this, um, like, like 1930s, yeah. the day the earth stood like still. Like fucking Zod uh, or something over wide here. Wide shoulder that last pad. That last shot, though, is so good. <laughs> mm. I... And the thing is, when my friend was telling me this over the weekend, I was thinking to myself, like, oh, come on. Oh, come... It basically, like, <laughs> came off as, like... <laughs> I don't know if it was either like the snobbiest thing I've ever heard or the fanboyiest thing I've ever heard. Just but, the most pretentious but, shit. Yeah, yeah that's a good word because I, I loaded this thing up like, huh, okay, whatever, let's get this over with. But I got sucked in. I I really, really enjoyed turning it on and off and, and seeing all the differences and, and realizing yes. just how important Very coloring important. actually is in a film. Yeah. And how in this case it ruined it. Oh, it wasn't just the coloring. Because, <laughs> you know, you know, I was watching an old video game movie from the 90s, which means I had a tab of trivia up in the in a window <laughs> next to it. So, like, god damn, the story behind the Street Fighter movie is, oh, oh, it's a basket of basket cases. Wasn't there recently, like, a Guardian article that went into the making of the movie? Polygon, the... actually. Oh, was it Polygon? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. It's pretty comprehensive, I think. Polygon dug up uh, all the big players. Steven DeSouza, um, Ryu's actor, Brian Mann, got interviewed as well. Um, and a lot of embarrassing details came to light. So, 
Steven D'Souza, this is the guy who wrote The Running Man, Commando, and freaking Die Hard, was more or less guaranteed to be a hit maker by the mid-90s. He <laughs> was given a green light on his pitch to make a Street Fighter movie that he knew nothing about other than his kids liked the arcade game. Capcom sent him over a packet of story materials and, and character information, and he uh, had to get casting and, and story plot synopsis done in like a month. Really, really fast timetable. He hired the actor for Cammy during the plane ride over to Thailand where they were shooting and um, like had her start rehearsing lines within the week. Uh, meanwhile, Jean-Claude Van Damme himself, who's supposed to play this all-American hero of Sergeant Guile, has... Tommy Wiseau-esque troubles with his Belgian accent. Every single line he comes off is is absolutely hilarious because he is high as a kite on cocaine at the time, apparently. I, I was reading one source that I think claimed that it was a $10,000 a week habit he was keeping up. He was cheating on his wife wow. with Cammy behind the scenes and, and got Wait, sued is for that it true? afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Because Cammy was played by Kylie, Kylie Minogue, the uh, Australian model who he, who the director found in a magazine on the plane ride over. Found in a magazine, Kylie is so famous. What the fuck? So, so, so that all turned out well, and not really. I think, I think. Do Americans know who Kylie Minogue is? Do you? Do you guys not know who she is? Uh, yeah. Uh, I think you're throwing that around a little loosely there. Really? Kylie Minogue? Like, she's one of the most famous pop stars of all time. Uh, yeah, famous. It, it's, a, it's subjective. What? Oh my god, Google Kylie Minogue. <laughs> this is crazy. You're blowing my mind so, right now. Like, Kylie Minogue... Is is banging Jean Claude Van Damme? Can't get you out of my head. Oh, yeah, Do you not know song. that song? Huh. Yeah, that's Kylie Minogue. That's from before the mid '90s, right? No, it was like oh, 2000. Really? Oh, really? I, I, I always thought that was an '80s yeah. song. Huh. No, can't get you out. So of my so, anyways, anyways, Kyle, blew my mind. Cammy. And Guile are doing cocaine and having having uh, uh, relations. Um, and Capcom wants in on that. Uh, Capcom really wanted to be involved with the production of the Street Fighter movie to the point where they insisted they cast a Japanese actor no one knew about named Kenya Sawada, who, who could barely speak English. <laughs> they really wanted him to be the title character of Ryu, but but Steven DeSeuss wanted the title, the, the lead to be an American character of Guile. But Capcom was insistent that, that Kenya Sawada get in this movie somehow. So the director of the movie, who had already cast Ryu and already had his lines and arc planned out, wrote an entirely new character for Kenya Sawada, literally named Captain Sawada. <laughs> and... And this guy's lines had to be dubbed after shooting because they were so bad live on set. And they still come off terrible. He sounds like a text-to-speech robot. Uh, he sounds like he's trying, I guess. And, and... Oh my god, bless his heart. <laughs> Meanwhile, Raul Julia was actually dying of stomach cancer during this shoot. 
he lost a lot of weight before a shoot. They had to bulk him up, feed him a lot of delicious Thai food, I suppose, and and hide how emaciated he was with a lot of makeup. Um, but he still wanted to do fights. He wanted to do his own stunts, and he wanted to, to bulk up and build some muscle for the role, and he fucking did it. And this guy is, like, having the time of his life. The per- His swan song performance is M. Bison in Street Fighter, and it is brilliant to watch this... This actor act more intensely than like anything I've ever seen, and I feel like it—it's better to watch him act in black and white because you're not distracted by all the all. It, it, it like keeps your brain more focused on just like the human on the screen who is who is screaming these lines of comedic villainy. <laughs> For you. The day M. Bison visited your village was the most important day of your life, but for me, (laughs) it was Tuesday. It was Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) One bison dollar will be worth ten of your English pounds. After I kidnapped the Queen of England. Queen (laughs) England. There's this scene where he's uh, marching through a tiny little model city of Bisonopolis, and he's like, I want to create the perfect genetic super soldier, not for evil, but for good. (laughs) Seeing seeing a guy in a costume this cheesy act that intensely in black and white is, is absolutely hilarious. Oh, oh. Oh, this might have been the most pretentious segment the Dad and Sons podcast has ever seen, but mm, I, I, I do recommend. Curious listeners, do do try to watch Street Fighter in black and white. I kind of want to watch it now. I swore I would never watch that really? movie again, but now because I, <laughs> it's, yeah. it, let's be honest, it is horrid. It is horrid. I feel you, but it's a lot of fun. It is hard. Oh my god, are you one of those people who hates the Super Mario Brothers movie too? Yes, because it's horrid. No, That's even worse. No, let, let's be honest. Let's be honest. The Street Fighter movie is a lot better than that. I, I wonder think. what the, the Mario Brothers movie looks like. Like, once you've seen them once or twice, like, I think I've seen the Street Fighter movie at least two or three times. This was you my just second. Have no, no reason to watch it again. Yeah, yeah I guess but I'm now, not quite as burnt yet, but. Watching had... these black and white still, or seeing these black and white stills, I'm kind of like. Mm hmm. It's full camp now at that point. Like it's it's the day the earth stood still. It's it's all of the movies that like Rocky Horror references in its opening crisis. Turning Street Fighter into black and white suddenly makes it feel a lot like those. Like like a cheesy old monster movie. Like like it's just comforting. Grab a soda, curl up on the couch and and watch with a tab of trivia in in your phone in your hand. Uh Street Fighter in black and white. <laughs> Well, <laughs> you and your bullies were driven back by farmers with pitchforks. <laughs> My father saved his village at the cost of his own life. You had him shot as you ran away. A hero at a thousand paces. I'm sorry. I don't remember any of it. You don't remember? For you, the day Bison graced your village 
was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. But why? Why do they still call me a warlord? And mad? All I want to do is to create the perfect genetic soldier. Not for power, not for evil, but for good. Carlos Blanca will be the first of many. They shall march out of my laboratory and sweep away every adversary, every creed, every nation until the very planet is in the loving grip of the Pax Bisonica. And then peace will reign in the world and all humanity shall bow to me in humble gratitude. still refuse to accept my godhood. Keep your own god. In fact, this might be a good time to pray to him. For I beheld Satan and he fell from heaven like lightning. Hello, and welcome back to Dead and Sons. Today, we have a very important story. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best best I got. (laughs) A stunning tale, a betrayal, defeat, scandal. Yes. Um, um, Sex, uh, romance, um, um, uh, conflicts between races of men. Dreams. Of the quantic type. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, do you remember when um, Quantic Dream got 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 exposed in the press? For what? For everything. For like everything Quantic Dream ever do is like an expose on how shit they are Just, doing stuff. Uh, I said. So, so back back in uh, it was, was early. It? Was it yeah. February no, or it was, January? It was it, 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 it 2018 or 2017? I think it was February, maybe. Because cause in April, that's when the lawsuits began. But but I earlier this year, Quantic Dream was uh, the uh, subject of an investigation by a trio of French newspapers who had um, reported a bunch of quotes from former employees uh, describing a, a childish, incredibly unprofessional workplace, one in which the two higher-ups at the studio were photoshopping employees' faces onto <laughs> Nazis and porn stars for a laugh, printing them out, distributing them around the studio. Uh, one of them quit because they were tired <laughs> of that shit. I can just imagine David Cage sat at his desk like, oh, ho, ho, I have written the most pretentious, <laughs> shittiest story ever. Now time to waste the next six hours photoshopping my employees' faces on Nazis. My life is so great. <laughs> like, 
descriptions of an overworked staff of 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 frequently uh, overheard uh, racist jokes were um, the the subjects of these stories before Chronic Dream decided to sue the journalists, claiming that it was all defamation, falsehood. Judge him by his work, wow. not not his words. Well, they sure did get judged on the um, work, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, you remember that, right? He he's worked with Ellen Page, you know. That means he loves the minorities. That means he's a good guy. That's all it takes, oh, right? Oof. Uh, <laughs> so, so an employee who had actually quit their job due to the offensive Photoshop images um, was was evidently able to sue the company by forfeiting their usual unemployment benefits. Um, but petitioning for an unfair dismissal and, and winning some kind of settlement, I'm, I suppose, from the lawsuit from that. Don't, don't exactly know how, how French law works. I don't know if employees can do this in the States. But the process behind this lawsuit is usually used to expose failings in the workplace. It uh, leaves the worker's case in the hands of an independent labor court, which then decides whether the worker should be treated as if they were dismissed or resigned, and whether they should receive settlement and unemployment rights. That's a description of the process from Eurogamer. In this case, the Quantic Dream staff members' experience at the studio swung the court in their favor. The staff members' decision to quit will now be treated as an unfair dismissal, rather than them leaving of their own accord. And this is actually not the only employee who's suing them either, but this is the first time the court had them win. Two previous cases were dismissed. One has filed an appeal and is keeping it going, though. But with this one as precedent, it's going to look very, very bad on Quantic Dream for lawsuits in the future, let alone their own lawsuit against journalists who were claiming that they were doing this stuff. They just now lost a lawsuit trying to defend themselves, saying, no, we're not doing this stuff. So this just makes those reports seem more true, uh, in my humble opinion. Well, yeah, it's like it's like entirely obvious now that there was some stuff there. There, there was some fire to the smoke. That made this person feel incredibly uncomfortable enough that they had to leave. Like they were bullied into a position where they had to leave, wavering all their benefits, which you know is entirely unfair. So there's if there was nothing there, then you know. Obviously, the court would have filed in Quantic Dream's favor, so... But the evidence must like, not have been in their you, favor, Quantic I Dream. guess. So, uh... Well, are we entirely surprised? No. I, 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 I hate to, like, judge David Cage by his work, but you could see a lot of immature, childish attitudes in a lot of his work. And uh, the video game industry is one where where crunch and overwork and and immature antics in the workplace have um, grown, if not like any job these days, have grown to become acceptable and tolerated, and and that all makes it quite easy to believe. <laughs> Fuck, just just David, David, especially the Ellen Page photo album. Do we think that guy's gonna make another game? Do we? Do you think Sony's gonna stick with him? I he yeah, I think Detroit did really well. No, it didn't. And also Detroit reviewed well. Detroit. Oh, no, I don't think from so. From what I saw, I think of it the was Let's pretty Play, fucking it mediocre, didn't. wasn't it? it? Was 
Alright, Metacritic. Uh, it's sitting at like a 78 on Met. Yeah, no, okay, I might have been wrong. That's not reviewing well, that's reviewing okay. Yeah, mediocre. Mediocre. But I think the, the surprise was that this was like the most okayest a uh, David Cage narrative experience. I like has how been the so two far. highest reviews are like European. One of them one of them being French. You think there's there's some some bias? Oh yeah, maybe maybe there's some 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 bias there rooting for the home team. Anyways, we spent an hour and fifteen minutes on uh, on on just stupid shit I did all weekend. Phone games, the Street Fighter movie, but, Quantic but Dream. We gotta, we gotta move on. We gotta, we gotta keep Look the podcast. Look at these thick paragraphs. Look at these chunky, chunky oh, pieces of words. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Here on the Dad and Sons podcast, we like to uh, watch Street Fighter in black and white, play uh, some crappy mobile games, some good games, while while lounging around being lazy pieces of shit in the Dad Den. Which we have found out this week is a van. A 60-year-old van, which we rent for $10 a night. <laughs> wow. Just say that with no context, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to search for a cheap place. And it was yeah, $10 yeah. to go into some, some Dude, guy's old 60-year-old RV. And the reviews are good. And the reviews are really good. I mean, <laughs> you're paying ten dollars a night. Ten dollars a night. That's like food. And it has it has a bathroom and a stove. So this week's dad den is a traveling sixty year old what is it, Cadillac van or something? <laughs> I feel like yeah, I don't have it. <laughs> a fifty eight cozy Cadillac camper. It was camper. a camper. It was an R V wow, camper. Ten nice. bucks a night. So Straight from the Cadillac van, we bring you Dad Den. <laughs> no echoes. So who's uh, who's wandering into the front yard in front of our trailer to uh, pitch us for so our um, the first person we have stepping up. This time. Uh, we have two this week, both with names I cannot pronounce. Uh, the first one is Anthony Pecoraro, Pecorario, Pecoraro. Pecorado, Pecorado, who comes to us with his game, Pro Wrestling Booker. Something different. All right. I, I wonder what this game is about. <laughs> we're getting a little Metal different. We were, Boring we were politics? Searching, we were searching. The <laughs> I was wondering. Does it have yeah, stealth? I was wondering how different Liam's choices would be <laughs> than mine. Everyone knows that the you border? picked. Yeah, can you. Can you <laughs> does it play like Metal Gear? <laughs> Is it cyberpunk? <laughs> Is it the ideal George game? <laughs> yeah, so we have Pro Wrestling Booker from Anthony Pecario, if that's his name. Uh, he says, hello, dads and sons. Since grad school, I've had two passions. Eurojank deep strategy games and professional wrestling. Obviously, two of the highest quality uh, Good combo. Pro- yeah. <laughs> Why not combine the two? Highbrow. Currently, the only games Thinking man's entertainment. American pro wrestling fans can play are semi-simulation fighting games like the 2K series for WWE or pro, uh, Fire Pro Wrestling, which recently came out. Uh, this game would be a map-based management sim 
with a professional wrestling flavor where players can recruit, train, and book events themselves with event quality, wrestler chemistry, and storylines determined Ooh. via random num- number generator. Ooh. I hope you get to influence that random number generator because, like, planning out stories for your wrestlers to do and then seeing how the crowd reacts, I think would be super fun. Mm-hmm. Like, you know... Uh, Having, like, a, a dungeon master kind uh, of situation. Almost. Maybe, like, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, game... Game Story Pro, what is it called? That like game dev game where you make you have to like put themes together to make games. Oh, I can't remember what it was called. It was like Dreams. It was like called Game Dev Story or maybe by Media Molecule. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that where you have to put themes together and then you see how the audience reacts. Like you do that with storylines for the wrestlers. I think that would be cool. Oh, okay. Yes. That, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Like the basic game tycoon. would be relatively simple. Like, you start yeah, in a determined okay. year considered to be a starting point of a particular era in wrestling history. So I guess, you know, going back to like the early days of WrestleMania <laughs> when the Rock was or there, yeah, Hulk Hogan or something. Throwing out jambronis, yeah. giving the good the ones. people's elbow. With a stock of certain local talent, each with their own goals, stats, style, and personality. Yeah, okay. So you have like, you know, wrestlers I randomly generated wrestlers that have like varying stats and stuff. I think that would be pretty cool. Or look certain ways when booking an event you pay for the venue assign your matches determine what basics of storyline you are trying to establish building a, a for example building a new heroic baby face establishing an evil heel and more complicated options would become available you determine the match pairings order and pay oh. but those that know the business oh. No, it's not so simple as watch everyone work perfectly every time. Capitalized. Um, so much like Crusader Kings, I would seek to implement certain player interactions that show why an event has the phrase card is subject to change or some wrestling terms that I don't know about. Injuries, personal issues, getting beaten up in the bar by Marines in Syracuse. Syracuse? <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. awfully specific. And just refusing to drop the title can affect your matches and force you to change things. So I guess he's basically saying there are going to be like Crusader Kings stuff where you have to solve issues that come up. Maybe wrestlers fall out and they don't want to carry on storylines. You maybe have like a CM Punk type thing where he wants to do other stuff, goes on to UFC or whatever. You know, I'm, I'm also, like, having flashbacks towards um the, the old uh, 2005 sim game, The Movies. Do you guys remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember you talking yeah, about it on that, the show. That could be a, a good basis for, yeah, for inspiration well, to, like, there, along with run your Crusader Kings. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, it was this like is great, Sims, yeah, because... but as a movie studio business sim. Yeah. So he says the rest of the game is financial management and fending off competitors as you try to grow as large as possible to become a worldwide media conglomerate like oh the WWE or other wrestling, New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is you know has oh my goodness blown up in popularity recently. This is a terrifyingly feasible idea. Yes, yeah, it's pretty good. I, he it's doesn't a- mention an art style, but obviously, if we're going off the Crusader Kings aspect, I imagine it's going to be quite a lot of. Excel spreadsheet looking type gameplay. I hope I hope he's gonna like the randomly generated matches you decide how they play out, but at <gasps> least I hope you get to watch them. Holy this budget paragraph. Okay. Oh, oh. So here we go. I'm asking there for three point five million dollars for this game. We will run okay. with a team similar to Paradox of twenty five developers working for fifteen months. Fifteen months plus any need for marketing. 
reaching out to current wrestling personalities uh, who maybe want to be in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paradox Interactive has gone from a stock price of 7.8 euros to 18.7 euros in a single stock year. price in With a euros. profit margin of 40.74% last quarter. So the deep, straight, stra- the deep strategy base game and slow release of DLC model has value. Your football manager also is a consistent mm-hmm. moneymaker of Sega year over year. The sports market oh. is asking for this. The strategy market is asking for this. And the pro wrestling fans mm-hmm. are asking for this. So I ask you, Dad Den, what are you going to do? <laughs> when a relatively inexpensive to make an ultimately profitable game runs wild on you. Let's, let's wow, he's putting look. the case down, man. Can you smell? Yes. He's giving the numbers. The chart schedule down to the months. Holy Ooh. hell. Woo. I'm liking this. Do we... <laughs> Guys, I think do we have let's let's like look under some couch covers in the back of the trailer. I think do we have three point five? We have ten bucks for the. We at least have ten bucks. <laughs> I mean, if um, we stay you in get the, the trailer, rock in there. I mean, you gotta if, get the oh, rock and Stone Cold in there, man. God yeah. Almighty! Because you know what I was thinking this whole while was like wrestling pop as like a pop culture pillar has really established itself over the past just five years which means there hasn't still hasn't been a lot of like truly excellent games there's fire pro wrestling which wrestling fans freaking love but wrestling fans i don't often hear them talking about how well uh 2k is treating them with their wwe games like and that's all focused around wrestling there's nothing focused on like management like and wrestling has way more than other sports. You've got to manage the the wrestlers on your card, how they look, and all that kind of thing. Maybe you start out as like a wrestler's manager, and then you gain more wrestlers, and then you can set up your own wrestling federation, and then you compete against the WWE or New Japan wrestling, and you build up, and you got to you got to choose the ring, you choose the arena, is... choose how much you charge people, you choose. Choose which yeah. cards go in which order to whatever your like highlight matches, the title match. You choose how the storylines play out and how and whether the crowd Man. reacts positively to that, or you have characters like Roman Reigns that you keep bringing mm, back continually. Mm, mm. I'm liking this. Mwah. Do we have the 3.5 million? Not only is there, there's totally a, an untapped potential market for this. They yeah. would love it to death. There's also a lot of room for player expression and creativity and customization. I mean, I don't think 3.5 million is going to get us The Rock. My guess Kenny Omega, though. Oh, yeah. Kenny would be down. Could we get the licenses? We don't need the licenses. Like, Fire Pro Wrestling. Does Professional Football Manager, like, use real football licensing? No. Really? Uh, it's all, it, like, fantasy? No, wait. Football Manager uses the team names and the players. Pro Evolution Soccer doesn't, though. Pez yeah. doesn't. Okay, so so we might have to like make a cheap one first, then buy the license with our profits. Well, no, what you could do is we can have the DLC packs that run out when we know how much money we're making. We can we can have licensed DLC. And then you can see Anthony Pecoraro already has the DLC roadmap like in mind. As long oh as... My you, it's, it's, oh, it's a time my God. Oh, my God. You know, I want some moments like... It was me, Austin. It was me all along. I want that stuff, man. If it has a super robust story maker, like not just maybe like yes or no, do you want this wrestler to fight this wrestler because of blah, and it's like yes or no. Like like a robust thing, like yeah, you can create scenarios for each wrestler. That would be great. 
And if you don't want to do that, it's like Crusader, turn into it's Crusader Kings where you can automate be- it and have like a vassal, but like a wrestling vassal, like a, like a right-hand man who does it for you. <laughs> but whatever story has to come out has to be like intensely system or player driven. No, no canned story, but with canned variables to make something like yeah. wacky and absurd I mean, and unique I, to I, every playthrough. Yeah. Like, like Crusader go, obviously Kings. Obviously there's a limit there. <laughs> but yeah. It, I'm in. I'm in. George? Oh, there we go. I'm the in. first three ins on Dad Dan. Well done. Not a lot of questions were even asked. Congratulations. You get 10 bucks from the I, back I of a that. couch we'll find in our trailer. We'll find 3.5 million somewhere else. This could also be like a way that someone like me who, yeah. who doesn't really know wrestling could like get into it. With, like, a medium that appeals to me, like, bubbling up all the fun, absurd story <laughs> kayfabe of it to the surface, rather than having to watch through long-ass episodes with not really yeah, exciting matches. Well, I don't know. Nowadays, they're funner than yeah, they used to be. that's still, like, what I'd be in it for. I'd be in it for the making them mad storylines, mm-hmm. but also charging incredibly high profit <laughs> for people to watch the events. Those, those pay-per-view fees. suckers. It's wow. me, Austin. Right. What's next? <laughs> I don't want to scream on this one. <laughs> I, I, I just want, I, I just make my fantasy version where Macho Man Randy Savage gets to live forever. There's this, this Skyrim mods you can do that, George. I, I just want to play The Rock. There's two things you ran home for um, in middle school was Dragon Ball Z and to watch The Rock rock yes. someone. Yes. Matt, we grew up in separate countries, but we grew up the same. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dragon Ball Z, then WWF, as it was known at the time. Yep, yep. Once I stopped watching Toonami, I just... Yeah. Once I stopped watching Toonami, someone told me wrestling was real and life ended. <laughs> yes, yes. That is That's pretty what much happened what happened. To me. <laughs> that is exactly what happened to me as well. And I was just like, no! <laughs> no! Why is this no longer interesting? And now as I'm an adult, I'm kind of like, ah, it doesn't really matter. The storylines are what make it interesting. Yeah. The thing is, that the, 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 the thrill of it was always real yes. in your heart. Yeah. And then and the that Rock kid left. Imaginary, yeah. He got born. And I, I remember yeah. the Rock's autobiography was the well, first autobiography I ever read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? That's so adorable. I, know. I loved him. I still love him. But I, I was obsessed with him a little bit when I was a kid. Who, who were you obsessed with? The Ooh. Rock. Oh, I Dwayne, jo- Dwayne motherfucking Johnson, the hero. Oh, oh! I need to read that. I want to read that. Yeah, dude, it's from the nineties. You know, he's 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 got people's like a elbow. awesome looking shirt on. He's doing the people's eyebrow, whatever he does, the rock's oh, eyebrow. Mate, no, that boy was so thick. He was uh, wearing the, the, the people's buttocks. He was, he was all underwear, neck. man. I'm not even sure if he had <laughs> shoes on, man. <laughs> <laughs> he was in there. <laughs> Woo! You, mm, mm, what a piece of man. Right <laughs> Come on, guys! You sound like you're talking about a piece of meat. Let's just <laughs> let's let's quit objectifying Dwayne yeah, Johnson. He has a name, you know. <laughs> he's making so much money in these crappy movies. He's, he's like the, the perfect paid action actor. hero. Like, feel, how, is, like how has he right could now. give? How has he done that? 
He's the highest paid actor. Anthony, Anthony needs Be- because Anthony that, needs that, to pitch to the rock. He's like the new action hero. Supposedly, like, that like weird skyscraper movie of his is the like Bruce Willis of, of this gym. That's the thing. Even like that. the actor, even like the movies he acts in that are pretty subpar. Like what was the monster movie, the Rampage one? Yeah. Even that was like subpar, but still like pretty fun to watch. Yeah, Th- that's the point. That's oh, the point. Man. It's just, it's just something to he's watch the, at the movies. It's ah, uh, he's and great. they spit them out so quick. Yeah, he's awesome. Like, he's gonna retire real good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, so live moving on. on, we have one more dad den pitch. Uh, it's got a lot anyway, to live up to after pro wrestler oh. booking. What's what's that first word, George? Well, two. I, I think pro wrestling booker was safe? just like safe, it like was but also exciting, which is the perfect freaking pitch. Yep. I'm already sold. I'm anyway, already sold. Anyways, we're moving a bit more into on. traditional territory with a twist. Okay, and I like it because I like the idea of what it's based on. So the next game we have comes from Tom's sold. Tom's Mardinekis. I hope I pronounced his name correctly. Tom Mardinekis. And his game is called Shackles of Liberty. It's an MMO. Mm, lofty. With a Dark Souls combat system and a mm-hmm. unique art style. So Dark Souls puts me off just because everyone uses um, that. But it's an MMO. So I'm thinking it's like Dark Souls multiplayer focused. Which, considering how intense have you thought about your Dark latency, Souls though? can be with multiplayer, code? this could be quite interesting. But let's get into it. So the mm-hmm. introduction... Yeah, but that's but Dark a, that's Souls a net code has always thing. been be really bad. A better net code. Yeah, introduction. That's the reason why most MMOs are doing the point and clicky thingy. Yeah, it's because of that. Yeah, but you've got to remember how slow, like it's not high-paced combat, is it? With Dark Souls, it's like one swing that takes thirty frames, and then it's like fifty frames of animation recovery, while the other guy swings at you with the same amount. Anyway, introduction. Black Desert and stuff like that, so. There there is in terror. Yeah. MMO set in a wasteland-ish world where the last remaining remnants of life have all gathered together and established a safe haven, but suddenly the ground ripped open and fire started raining from the sky. Wow, that's pretty shitty. Last (laughs) survivors used magic to awaken guardians, old spirits that have been on this world before life itself was created. Now it's up to the guardians to protect the last fraction of life from total demise. So I'm guessing you play as one of these aforementioned guardians. Yeah, like the, like Destiny. This, this okay. is Destiny. Oh yeah, they're called guardians as well, aren't they? Yeah. I do feel like yeah, I've yeah, heard that Artwork. story before. <laughs> the game looks completely like Journey. So not even like a little bit. It the game looks completely like Journey. When outside of the- completely. Yeah. So everyone's instantly gonna compare. At first sight. When outside of the main hub town and the camera is a third person over the shoulder, but once inside the town hub, the camera is third person and zoomed out. And the hub consists of buildings that reach above the clouds. So it's quite a built-up hub. I'm guessing this uh, safe haven is quite a quite the metropolis. Uh, the zoomed-out camera will make the building seem even more enormous when compared to the player on the ground. That kind of doesn't seem like it would be quite fun to look at, though. Like with your time, like an MMO, though. Yeah, like what if something gets in the way? And that's the thing is, like, 
as Matt said, for an MMO, you have so many Towers, players swarming yeah. around on the ground, so many other car- like players on the server. Mm-hmm. Like I get if it's built up vertically, but MMOs don't really work vertically because you mm-hmm. can't see yourself. That's why they're quite quite small usually in verticality. Mm. Um, Guardians are the player-controlled creatures who look similar to the protagonist of Journey. So he, he knows where his aesthetic lies. The moment you put out a reveal trailer, even a reveal <laughs> screenshot, it's instantly going to be called a Journey clone. <laughs> Matt, you'll love his next line. Hopefully this doesn't get us sued. <laughs> oh, boy. It's Journey, but with Dark, Dark Souls Combat. <laughs> as an MMO NPCs are anything like snails with legs and giraffes with wings that's interesting he's got like a diverse species I guess there isn't anything to classify or categorize the NPCs by their looks okay. they will have a lot of pretty sunsets and sunrises so I guess when he says wastelandish, he wants to go for the journey type desert with a hub with a city hub in the middle. Well, what is this going to look completely like? But for an MMO, that's not a lot of variety. I just read the gameplay first line. This guy's like this guy's like uh, the the Unity stealers right here. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's you had the, the okay. first line, and then so now moving, on to, just... <laughs> moving on to gameplay. Gameplay: a Dark Souls ripoff, but it's an MMO. <laughs> Dark Souls ripoff. <laughs> You're calling your own thing a ripoff? Players play as these guardians as there is no standard leveling up. Players gain new attack moves and weapons for doing quests and stuff. There is a main story which, when completed, throws the player into a new server where they keep their character, but the world has changed in ways and the enemies are bigger and stronger. No way this... (laughs) No way... Like Anakin wait, in Star wait, wait. War Episode Three, the fan, the the backstroke of the West. No way, this is getting sued. <laughs> is his next line? That's the oh um, my I, god! I like the idea of like moving on to a bigger and stronger zone. I guess when he means server, it would be a new zone, right? It would just be like a new zone in an MMO. No, he's just making a very shitty game right now. <laughs> Server. There are also right. PvP areas, uh, uh, PvP arenas, um, where gaining victories will be will reward the player with legendary uh, skins. Okay. Legendary skins, my favorite video game feature, and all my favorite video oh. games of my favorite genres of my he favorite knows what he generation wants with the soundtrack, of kids though. who soundtrack. are into this The soundtrack stuff. will be done by Paul Anthony Romario, the same guy who did the music for Heroes of Might and Magic games. The music would stick with the same style, kind of orchestral and operatic. Very traditional so for these normal. types of games, especially if it's a Dark Souls-esque ripoff. I say. Oh Dark no, Souls you ripoff. have George in a down, downward motion right now. He's he's not getting back up. Guys, <laughs> I, Themes, I, I need some morality. water. Because all the main NPCs M- die in the end. Mortality, not not the oh, ethics. Oh, mortality, the death. Yes, mortality. Not, yeah, mortality, sorry, not morality. The thing that'll happen mortality. to us all at the end of these pitches at some point. <laughs> but the NPCs will have some character, so players would feel sad and give the game better <laughs> reviews. 
Okay, okay. I'm actually back on board. You know what? Yeah, Tom he's totally, he's I totally like going for it. You're totally <laughs> honest. You know, you know the game. I don't know if you know the game, but you think you know the game, and uh, and and that means you know how to pander. So um, I, I appreciate the uh, head head uh, headstrong, uh, eager ambition. You were tackling a project that you know exactly how it's going to look and come out and feel. Well, they're all going to feel sad and give the game better reviews. Oh. Marketing. Oh, a mystical right. trailer will be released, after which an open beta will happen. Big YouTubers will receive mysterious tips and a link to the game's website. <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad marketing ploy. It's a pretty standard one. It sounds I think fun. when he says tips, he's talking about that, that sweet, sweet corn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The ones that George and Matt had to do to get some Monster Hunter codes. <laughs> what, but, but, My knees oh. didn't get dirty. I'm, I'm, I'm quite okay. We didn't the not lips. mention the crashing and the menus and the... the I mean, technically, it's really the only two embargo, problems. But it's fine. Anyways, we're not breaking an the, embargo. <laughs> the beta will be a short demo with enough gameplay for around 30 minutes. Die hard nerd players. <laughs> what what kind of players, Liam? <laughs> Gamers. Gamers. Die hard <laughs> Die Hard Nerd players <laughs> will have the option to do 1v1 PvPs during the beta. Why not everyone? Why just die hard nerds? A Kickstarter campaign will be launched and this beta will serve as a motivation for people to give up their hard-earned dollars. <laughs> <laughs> budget, budget, budget. Forty budget. million dollars. Oh budget. my god. Budget around forty million dollars, and the Kickstarter money will be used for precious DLC. Precious <laughs> DLC. <laughs> oh man, what a roller when he coaster puts of a precious pitch. before DLCs. It makes yeah. me think DLC means something else. Makes me think as the, the little imp boy from Lord of the Rings no, no, no. clutching no, his no, precious. No. Like, no. What is even better about this is that. The Kickstarter isn't even for the game. The Kickstarter is for, for DLC. precious DLC. <laughs> it's like, can you imagine someone's like, no, no, we just we made the game already. We just, we just want to make DLC, but we want you to pay so for the DLC this to is, be made. And then and, 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 the and keep in mind that on reveal, it's going to look completely like Journey. Um, there's going to be mysterious tips that the the, the influencers receive. Uh, before a a mysterious trailer drops, before the beta drops, I guess at the trailer point is where the the backlash will start to happen. You got to think of your marketing strategy because the internet's fucking terrible. Everyone's gonna compare it to Journey. They're gonna say it's bad because of that. And uh, then you're gonna launch the game and make money with it. Then you're gonna launch the Kickstarter for the DLC. You know, at first I was like thinking that we were just getting a uh, bad submission. Now I see where he's going. Th this is basically like a, a dad in submission by Doctor Evil. Yeah, it's um. This guy, this guy knows how to make money. It's it's a villainous plan doomed to fail by its own and deliberately written incompetence. And the more I got down, the more hilarious it became. <laughs> you know, at, at first so, I was thinking it was uh, like like a naive person, but now I think it's Doctor Evil. I, I think, think so too. I think there's some forty million dollars. dollars. There, there's something to salvage here. Why don't? Hmm. I mean, Journey with the uh, budget. 
a bit. Yeah. Get get some people to create a really good trailer and a Kickstarter. Get all their money. Before release, I'm, I'm assuming. Because right now the Kickstarter is scheduled after <laughs> Yeah, we so we spend we would say we say we shorten it down to like a million and hire people to do really good artwork, really do uh really good um um trailers and then get some some actors to to act as the developers and then boom. Put this They'll up there. Probably be more convincing than Dr. Evil himself. <laughs> and when they get the game, it's uh <laughs> It's just Journey. <laughs> it's, it's just a, code, it's just a code copy Journey. of Journey with like the title sharpied out. Oh my God. <laughs> Burnt on a like bootleg Blu-ray. <laughs> if oh. he if he agrees to these terms, yeah, I think yeah. Uh, I think I'll be in. We gotta make. I'm terms. not giving him forty million dollars for this. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt, you're you're an in. I'm gonna I'm gonna take urine in. Well, with um, yeah, Tur- as Turks. <laughs> George, what about you? I, I can make profit off of one. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to go the Matt route here. We're we're gonna have to put some asterisks before I uh, can agree to give you your your forty million. Note that he didn't say what kind of <laughs> currency. Just budget was around forty million. So grains we of sand make, is what you're gonna get, Tom. Forty million grains 10, of sand. We could make ten sequels to. Pro wrestling booker with forty million though. I actually, <sighs> actually fifty thousand. Fifty thousand should be enough to make a fifty, fifty thousand granules to make an yeah. MMO to make you crazy? to make a little fake, mm-hmm. little fake thing. No, no, with, with Dark Souls would, combat, would you know, eat some bare bones. Well, you know basically thing? dropping every bit that makes his game and just taking Journey and putting combat in it is yeah <laughs> with multiplayer. Because yeah. uh, because you see, like he, he says, well, make Tom, a mighty number like, nine. They say it's an MMO in the beginning with Dark Souls Combat. And, and as you know, Dark Souls Combat is like extremely focused on the 1v1s. But then he says later on that the diehard nerd players can have the option to do 1v1 PvPs during the beta. I think, why not go to the next step down and do 0v0 um, as like your primary combat mechanic? Um, you can just like control a camera around uh, Journey. <laughs> it, what we'll basically do is like reverse engineer Journey, but don't tell anyone this to uh, put like a no clip mode on and um, sell it okay, for 40 George. million grains okay. of sand. Rain it in now, George. Rain it in. So, yeah, that's my, that's my one and only condition. Okay. Well, okay. I'm a no. Make I'm a no. Mm-hmm. I'm just a flat no. Oh. So, I, I'm going to just invest my money in Pro Wrestling Booker because. That one's that one's a gold egg. Oh, it, well, it is. I mean, you're gonna get more profit from shackles. How? You've already spent forty million on it. You're, you're gonna, no, gonna take we're not project. spending forty million. Wrestling's the money maker. But that's what he needs to make the game. You can't can't cut him loose, Matt. He I, needs I'm gonna give forty one. He needs make, forty million bison bucks. <laughs> Which will be worth ten <laughs> when I kidnap the Queen of England. Even then, it still required four million. Pro, pro, pro wrestling, <laughs> pro wrestling bro- broker is uh, bro- God, I'm a broker. You know, and and Anthony I'm be broke after this forty million. Anthony the Legend Pecorero did specify that this was three point five million in USD with the dollar sign. 
uh, uh, cross-referenced against Paradox Interactive's latest stock numbers. That's true. Oh Anthony God. Vince McMahon Picaro has, uh... <laughs> well, I, well... I think we, okay. I think we know what that means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we've we passed. need to get a trademark out for pro wrestling booker immediately before anyone else jumps on that. Sorry, Anthony, yeah. the legend Pecoraro. <laughs> it's Anthony Vince McMahon Pecoraro. <laughs> Anthony, the 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 brutal booker Pecoraro. Well. If you think you can do better than Pro Wrestling Booker, or you can make it more hilarious and unbelievable like Shackles of Liberty, send your dad Dan pitches in, motherfuckers, to danslesspodcast at gmail.com. Next week is emails, so please send us your lovely questions or topics, and uh, we'll respond to them. I feel like now that we've had a good submission, not to say the others weren't, (laughs) <laughs> but uh, uh, feel that submission like that I feel like game developers might might be listening to this and be like you know what that's a good idea I'm gonna go ahead and steal that <laughs> well well, I think Dad Din should be a segment for games you want to see in the world well there are ma- there are sports management games but there's no like wrestling we can't management make games where <laughs> wrestling is different to other sports you know it's got all the storylines and all that kind of stuff like that makes it unique. That's why it's a very good pitch. Like, I would play that game. I would play that game. I would I might get in get sucked into the world of wrestling through that game. Thus giving the industry even more of my hard-earned <laughs> bison bucks. Well, that well is if you think for... you can do better, as said. Please send your pitches into podcast at gmail.com. Or if, as Matt said, there are games that you feel you would want to play that aren't out there, send them to us. And until then, thank you kindly for listening to the Dad and Sons Ooh. audio podcast experience. Yeah. Please, watch your step on the way out, and remember to have fun. This podcast sponsored by Vince McMahon. I wish. I wish.